0: Hello, everyone. I am Jonathan Little. Hope you're having a fantastic day. We're here with Weekly Poker Hand, episode number 316. Goodness gracious, that's a lot of episodes. Thank you for sticking with me. Hope you're having a great day. Live poker has started back to some extent, and we're going to take a look at some hands from the Texas card house. Okay? In this game, we're very often going to be playing with a straddle. So, what we have here is, I believe... We have one 3, 20. I'm pretty sure that's what we're looking at because the pot's $24. So, one three twenty, Blind. Alright. Interesting spot. This comes up very frequently, more often than you would think, in small six cash games because a lot of people just want action, especially when they're playing, you know, $1,400 deep at 1-2, no limit. So, let's take a look at this. It's going to fold around to queen, the queen of felt and the small blind with ace-queen offsuit. This is actually... A pretty tough spot because think about it, right? When you raise, these players are playing fifteen hundred dollars deep or so. When you raise, the player in the straddle is going to get to call very, very frequently, right? However, a hand like Ace Queen definitely wants to just put money in the pot. So you're in this weird scenario where if you raise to twenty, uh, to sixty or seventy or eighty, you're gonna get called pretty frequently, which is, you know, fine. Not exactly ideal, but fine. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with just extracting value pre-flop. However, I think also just calling is quite a strong line as well, especially if you know the player in the straddle will raise very frequently, because then you can then get in a limp re-raise. You may say, is Ace Queen good enough to get in a limp re-raise? It is if your opponent's loose and aggressive enough, as a lot of people are who straddle to one at one three to twenty dollars, right? Usually, those people are looking for action, are looking to gamble, and a great way to get a lot of money in the pot pre-flop. You can just steal or play big pot with a hand like ace-queen um, by limping and then getting a limp re-raise. So I'm fine with raising. If I am going to raise, I'll probably make it about 70 or 80. 3.5 or f- 4 times the straddle. That's because, again, you want to disincentivize your opponent from splashing around too wide because, really, they're not making much of a mistake by splashing around too wide if you raise, let's say, you know, 40 or 50. So this is a spot where I think a lot of people mess this up and they raise either too small or they just play like way too weak. So The Queen of Felt raises a 60, which I think is fine. I think I would go a little bit bigger. And then Big Daddy Chaz in the big blind calls with pocket fives, which is a perfectly reasonable hand, perfectly viable play. Um, He should basically never re raise or anything like that. Some people think if you have a pair, you should be happy to re raise and get the money in, but that is just not true. Okay, so this is an interesting scenario again because how wide is Big Daddy Chaz? Is Big Daddy Chaz calling this preflop raise with like any two cards? or is he only calling with reasonable hands? And I don't know, I haven't been to this table. I'm sure the Queen of Felt is way more aware of what Big Daddy Chaz is doing than I am. If he has literally any two cards, you can probably get away with continuation betting very, very frequently on essentially any board for the Queen of Felt, besides exactly the low to middle connected card boards, because those cards just very much miss the Queen of Felt's range. However, if Big Daddy Chaz is calling with reasonable hands, like say he's going to fold out the 5-4 offsuit to the preflop raise or the uh, 9-7 offsuit, if he's going to fold those hands to the preflop raise, now the low card boards are actually not so bad for the ace-queen, and now it's the middle card boards you have to be very careful on. And in general, you're going to find that you do have to be pretty cautious on the middle card boards, especially if your range contains mostly big cards and big pairs. So the flop does come jack, nine, four, two clubs. Queen of felt has Queen of, ace of spades, queen of diamonds. Big daddy Chaz has five of clubs, five of spades. Okay, so this is a tough spot for ace, queen, because if you bet and get called, it's just miserably bad unless you improve. And sometimes when you improve, you're going to improve to a queen, which completes the obvious king, 10 draw, and the obvious 10, eight draw. Also, sometimes it's going to come a club, Which is also quite bad, because say it does come Queen of Clubs, and Big Daddy Chaz all of a sudden wants to put in his $1500 stack. Top pair's not looking so good, right? So I think this is an unfortunate spot where really you should just check and fold. If this pot checks down, it goes check, 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 check. Ace-Queen actually wins a lot of the time. And that's very, very valuable, right? If you do check the flop and your opponent bets, it's probably okay to just fold. And if you are going to check fold ace-queen on jack-9-4, you want to make sure you're also checking with some hands that can very easily call down, like jack-10 or ace-9, right? These are hands that would love to check, love to call a bet, and love to keep the pot manageable and keep your opponent in with a lot of bluffs. And in this scenario, I can guarantee a big daddy-chaz's range is not tight. It's either reasonable with mostly good big card hands, or good big and middle card hands, or it's going to be just like very wide, right? So against that range, that range is always gonna contain at least some number of potential bluffs. Usually people who straddle to 20 are willing to bluff. So for that reason, I think you do want to do a whole lot of checking from out of position in this scenario. And when you are playing very deep stacked, um, out of position facing a straddle, where you don't exactly know how they're gonna play, very often you just want to protect your range by checking with a lot of reasonably strong marginal made hands. And to be fair, with this ace-queen, maybe you could even check call on flop bet and then fold it to the turn. I think that's perfectly fine. And um, in this scenario, you probably just want to be betting very polarized with your best-made hand, maybe like king, jack, and better on jack, 9, 4. And then with some draws. And um, also you could even check stuff like the nut flush draw here, king, I flush draw here. I think that's fine, looking to check call as well. So anyway, you could also check raise. I think that's reasonable. In this scenario, pot's $123. Queen of felt bets 60. And now over to pocket fives. Interesting scenario with fives, I think you probably just need to call. This, again, so thinking about this from his point of view, the jack-nine-four board should connect decently well with the queen of felt if she's raising just good big card hands right. At the same time, though, she could easily have ace-king, ace-ten, king-queen, etc. And some of those are just going to end up check-folding on the turn. And uh, you, you just have the best hand a decent amount of the time. Also, every once in a while, if, if she bets the flop with like sevens and you call and the turn is... Some card and she checks. You can sometimes pick up the pot with a turn bet. So, I think it's a pretty mandatory call, getting three to one pot odds. You're not thinking I'm going to improve twenty five percent, or you're not, you're not. You're not thinking I have the best hand necessarily too often. But when it checks down, you win a ton. And when she checks the turn, you can sometimes even put in a bet and and just win the pot a lot of the time and push her off equity. So turn comes a four. So Jack nine four four, Queen of felt checks. To Big Daddy Chaz. So, what should you do in Big Daddy Chaz's shoes here on Jack 944? Four, four. Well, your range at this point to call the flop bets to be a lot of pairs and better, and then also draws. So, in this spot, you probably want to be betting. Uh, it really depends on what you think about Queen of Felt's range, right? If you think she's going to be checking with a whole lot of unpaired hands, you can actually start betting very wide here for value and protection, right? Like if, well, even pocket fives. If you think your opponent, when they check the turn, has a very unprotected range, meaning it's just going to be a lot of ace-high type hands or under-pair type hands, you can bet in the scenario very frequently with any pair because it's probably just going to be the best hand. Um, with pocket fives, I think betting is especially reasonable. Like I'd be way more inclined to bet with pocket fives than I would with, let's say, 9-8, right? Because with pocket fives, you have to worry about any 6, 7, or 8 coming on the turn, as well as all the overcards, whereas with 9-8, you only have to worry about a card higher than a 9 That said, this is a spot where I think making a small to medium bet with a very wide range is a really, really strong play, and it's going to put your opponent in a bad spot, unless their turn checking range is very well protected. What a lot of people do wrong in this scenario is they'll continuation bet the flop with 100% of their hands, then they'll check the turn with only their hands they plan on check folding. I'm not saying that's what the Queen of Felt's doing, but if she's not protecting her range here by checking with some jacks and some nines that are easily going to check call turn and check call river, then she's going to be very, very easy to push around in this scenario. So... In this spot, I definitely like a small bet from Big Daddy Chaz most of the time. Um, Pot's 243. I bet something like 75. It's going to put your opponent in a bad spot. You're not trying to get necessarily like pocket 10s or nine eight to fold, but you're just trying to get random cards with equity to fold. Now, if you think you can bet bigger, like let's say 200, and get a hand like 9-8 to fold, then clearly that's a big success. So usually in these scenarios, the right bet size is somewhere between kind of small to very big. When you're betting very big, you're trying to get a large chunk of your opponent's range to fold. And when you're betting small, you're trying to get just the junky hands to fold slash get protection. And if she does call a ace queen here, it's fine. He decides to go medium. I'm not a huge fan of the medium $150 bet into 243, because when you bet 150 in this scenario, the worst hands are basically never going to call. You probably will bluff off a few better hands, like specifically eight, sevens, and sixes. But that's only 18 combinations of hands out of a whole pile of combinations your opponents have. So whenever you are making a bet, always ask, what am I trying to accomplish? And the thing is, is if she does call 75 in this scenario with ace-queen, it's fine, because she's going to check the river, you're going to check, and then you're going to win the pot a lot of the time. No problem, right? Um, Also, you're going to get just, like, random hands that have some equity to fold, like ace-eight, right? Like, ace-eight's a hand that you you don't really care if it sticks around. And it's, it's usually going to fold. The nice thing about betting 75 is that whenever you are beat, which should happen if the queen of felt is protecting your checking range with checking some jacks and nines, then you just lose way less to those hands, which is very important. Because in this scenario, whenever your opponent does check call you on the turn you of pocket fives, you're not especially happy. So you want to make sure there are some hands that are worse than yours that can call, and as you start betting bigger and bigger, all of those worse hands are going to start folding out. So anyway, um, Big Daddy Chaz does bet 150, the Queen of Felt easily folds. You may say, should we ever call or raise on, on this turn, facing this bet? Because there are a lot of draws available, right? On Jack, Nine Four Four, It's kind of hard to have a four, and, um, to be fair, it's kind of hard for Queen of Felt to have anything great here either that we want to raise, because obviously Chaz has more fours than the Queen of Felt. So... Interesting scenario where I think ace-queen just can't do a whole lot here, but the secret to playing this spot or the way you go about properly playing this spot is to make sure your turn checking range contains some jacks and some nines that are just not folding. And that is how you beat someone who's going to be betting, in, betting the turn very frequently after you check. So make sure your checking range is well protected. We actually discussed that thoroughly in the homework at PokerCoaching.com. I have a training site if you did not know, PokerCoaching.com. Check it out. We have loads and loads of homework questions and... Challenges that walk you through many, many scenarios for how to play, cash games, tournaments, scenarios exactly like this so that you're not lost. And it's fine to check ace queen here, you know, as long as you're protected. If you're not protected, then, well, you're just going to get crushed, especially by, you got to presume, presumably loose and aggressive players like Big Daddy Chaz. He is going to prey on people who have weak checking ranges. And you're going to find that a lot of the time in small stakes games, when people check the turn in the river, it's usually pretty face up as weakness. And if you just throw out a bet, you're going to win the pot way more often than not. Thanks for being here. Hope you enjoyed it. Click like, click subscribe. Good luck in your games. And I'll talk to you next time.